Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Okay, today... Today. <laughs> today as every day. We, today is every day. We're talking about, this is one of the most near and dear subjects to my heart because finding, you know, finding your purpose or asking yourself what your purpose is, is a universal question. Um, I actually lived with someone for seven years who every single day got up and was like, I have no idea what my purpose is. I I do not know how to find it. I don't know how people find what they want to do with their lives. And it plagued him. It plagues him even now, 20 years later. And it it always like really surprised me because I'm like, how do you not know, you know, what your purpose is? And back then I was in my 20s and I equated purpose with your job or purpose with, you know, what you did for money and the gifts that you would give to the world. And I kind of had that like in my head over and over and over again, like, okay, yeah, my purpose is as a trainer or my purpose is as teaching people about, you know, writing. And now at Right Way, it's like helping people get their books out into the world. But I recently had a reading with an amazing like astrologer slash psychic. And she was adamant. (laughs) Like she kind of stopped everything. And she was like, your only purpose in this life, in this specific lifetime is to be loved and to love. And I was like, wait, what? There's no money attached to that. There's no doing attached to that. Like, what do you mean? My only purpose in this life is to be loved. And it sent me down this path of of self-examination of like, oh shit, like I do not receive love very well. Um, when like I love, for example, I love giving gifts. I have always been a gift giver. I love giving words of affirmation. I, I, you are love a great giving gi- gift giver, by well, the thank, way. I, I want to attest you. to that. Yeah. I appreciate that. But I love making people feel a certain way. Um, however, receiving, I get really uncomfortable receiving gifts or compliments or whatever. And it's not like I'm not appreciating them. I appreciate them, but I don't think they penetrate and really like affect me on a deep level level. It's as if I almost brush it off. And I started to think about how I am with receiving gifts because it's almost overwhelming with receiving love. And I'm like, do I really, do I really understand what it means to be loved and to receive unconditional love and then to also offer that back into the world? And if that's my only purpose in this lifetime, you know, whether you believe that we go around and around or whether you believe this is just it, it almost seemed like too monumental and also too simple at the same time for me to grasp it. Um, But at the end of the day, it's like, doesn't everything come back to that? I mean, I think it's beyond and I think we take it for granted. And I think, I mean, like, 
how do you even notice something like your capability of receiving love? And I think we, you know, um, as in all of these like great conversations, um, uh, that we have the only conversations worth having, uh, what, what we put stock in is our ability to give love, our ability to show love, our ability to not even love our ability to show devotion. We value loyalty. We value, and don't get me wrong. Like loyalty is fucking awesome. Devotion is fucking awesome. But when, when has any, when did anybody ever, and maybe only in like the presence of a therapist. When has anybody ever talked about the ability to receive love? I mean, it's not, and, and you're sitting here saying like we value giving love. And I'm like, do we even value, do we even put that on the top of our values list with the way that we are in this culture and, and society and how I feel like we like work and money is often at the top, at least, you know, superficially. And that's where we put our emphasis and our time. We don't put our time every single day in giving love and receiving love. And yeah, I mean, I think about a child, you know, raising a child who gives love so effortlessly. I mean, I feel like she was put on this earth to help people feel joy. And she, like when I give her a cuddle or a squeeze or tell her I, I love her so much, she receives that fully and I can see it. And, you know, she is so affectionate and, and so loving, but I also see what harsh words do to her little spirit and, you know, the blocks that she's already putting up sometimes at nine. And, you know, I don't remember sitting around having a conversation with my parents around, this is, this is how to become an open, vulnerable person and how to receive love and how to expand your heart and how to, you know, I don't think anyone really talks about that. And we're not, that's not a foundation that is discussed. You know, what is discussed is what it means to be a good girl or a good boy or make good grades or, you know, go up, grow up and get a steady job or have a relationship or fall in love. But it's like, how do we know how to fall in love if we don't even know, number one, how that's devi defined? Uh, most of us, when we give love as a child or we receive it, it's often conditional or often attached to doing and not being. And that's something that I've really worked on with Sophie is like really telling her how much I love her and how amazing she is when she's not doing anything at all. And, you know, I started thinking about it as a child, I'm like, God, you know, I became a little praise whore. Like I just loved being praised or told that I was smart or good job or, you know, that to me was love. I, I attached being, being a good student, making straight A's, you know, behaving, staying silent sometimes, staying small when I would, you know, get loud or speak my mind or, you know, I was labeled as dramatic or, you know, or, rebellious or, oh, she talks back or not respectful just from speaking my mind and, and feeling like I was going to burst if I just didn't get, get that out. And I think so many kids today and so many people today don't really feel lovable or don't feel they're worthy of receiving love, but it's like it, I mean, it's so cliche, but it all starts with us. And I think we always put the emphasis 
on people loving us so we feel lovable and it's like you you're never going to be able to love or receive love if you don't do that work on yourself what a vicious cycle too it's such a vicious cycle you know i was i was just uh i was just thinking about a great i feel lesson that i learned um uh in my 30s which was the idea of being a good friend And I think that we, you know, this idea of receiving love, I think it's something that a lot of people would scoff at, like somehow, like it, we would ask, how could you be bad at receiving love? Like it's somehow easy without ever, you know, sort of analyzing all the things that you've discussed, which is the ways that we make, we essentially make people unlovable, the ways that we confuse reward for affection, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I was, I, I, I recall, um, me, you know, I met some of probably my, my closest and best male friends while I was living in LA. And, um, I, I think that I've always, uh, and I think, um, I probably have this, uh, preconception about a lot of things, but my preconception was that being a good friend, which was, was, was about how much I gave. Um, and the reality of something being reciprocal is that you also have to receive or you have to give the things that you expect them to give back. So like, you know, every time that I was my, my phone line or my house or apartment was open for one of my friends to come over and talk about one of his problems, I also had to, I had to deposit, make a deposit in the relationship and open up and go to them when I also had a problem. But I think I had I had a misconception that me being that being a good friend was me always being an open ear and a shut mouth. Well, I mean, you just said it, and I still feel like you're like that a little bit. You are always always willing to listen and be there, but you don't often come to to your friends with issues or when you need to talk. Well, you're right. right, And it's good to know that I haven't changed at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, I'm just, I I feel like a lot of uh, like you and maybe some men and some women are like, I don't want to be a burden. Like that's what Alex says all the time. Like he's not very communicative. He's like, ah, well, I just don't want to burden you. I'm like, if it's how you feel, that is not a burden. That is truth. And you know, let me be that container for you that you always are for me. And one gripe I've always had in my relationships, and maybe it's a thing about not receiving love, is I am always the sounding board. People have always come to me like I'm a therapist, which I love. I mean, if I could go back and do it over, I'd probably be a therapist. But Alex is like, who asks you questions? Who's there to listen to you? And I'm like, Joe Tower. Tower, my best friend Nikki and I mean I have that's not true I've really worked on seeking out more reciprocal relationships which is hard hard for me because I there's something that I think I like about being that like unflappable stoic strong person that can oh yeah come to me with anything I'm an open book I'm an open door I'm not going to judge you I can be totally objective but at the same time when you're holding space for other people all the time and it both in work and in your personal life, are you really open to receiving love? Or are you just open to being a problem solver and, you know, projecting back like advice, you know, and not, not really allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open enough to, to receive love, which is 
again, this is such a fundamental uh, like principle, but it is so important and we do not talk about it enough. I think when people say it, like all we need to focus on is, you know, love and that could change so much. And people just brush that off as, as cheesy or like, yeah, okay. But think about it. I mean, if you spent the majority of your day entrenched in loving thoughts for yourself, for other people, for your enemies, for your friends, for the media, (laughs) like what that would do on a vibrational level to change how you feel. And, you know, you and I were talking offline about this with just kind of having a few off days and you know, I, I have this cycle where I am really great. And then I get into this panic mode and stress mode and start to freak out about like money and everything that's not going right. And I just get so critical and hard and harsh and it doesn't feel good and it doesn't bring me anything. And today I woke up and, um, you know, I asked Sophie to come in and cuddle. She got up early and then Alex and I, we just, we don't like wallow in bed before we get up really. And we just, we're there with each other. And I looked at him and I was like, today I am choosing love, laughter, and fucking joy. And tomorrow I'm going to get up and try to do the same thing. And then the next day and the next day. And just by choosing that and saying it out loud and then feeling it, it it literally shifts. It, it At least to me, it shifts my energy completely. And then again, has that effect on everybody in your household. But it is one of the hardest choices, I think, to stay <laughs> yeah. in a loving yeah. mentality. Yeah. Like when shit gets hard, when, you know, you're in traffic, when something goes wrong, like that is the practice. It's the hardest practice, which is so funny that we are calibrated for our friendships, for our relationships, it's easier to sit around and bitch about something that's not going right or talk about our problems than to express our love and gratitude or talk about what we're excited about. Um, I have a very close friend who I love to death, but she is so lost in her own shadows and darkness and the trauma of the past. She lives literally in the past and will not let go of everything that has already happened and it keeps her so small and and it's become a real drain when we when we hang out because I when I think that's the challenge when you are in that space and you want to talk about what you're excited about and and then you do hold space for someone to talk about their problems and you know that's a that's a really fine line of hanging out with people and feeling so drained afterwards versus seeking out relationships that do fill you up and do energize you. And I'm a loyalist to a fault with friendships and it's very hard for me to, you know, shift that or walk away. But I think, and I don't think you have to, and I'm definitely not going to with this friendship, but I do think bringing that light, like if you could be that light or example of bringing love and bringing joy and bringing a different vibe to a relationship, to the day, to a meeting, to a conversation, uh, it can really shift your entire life. It And, and to, to, but you're, you're a hundred percent right to do that continually on more than once, more than once a year (laughs) for that to have, it's like those compounded effects. We really, and we're not, anymore 
I mean, not that we're not hardwired, but we're, we're conditioned for the other thing. We're can we, our brains have been conditioned but, for the but other. But we're actually, yeah, our brains have been conditioned, but our natural state we're is hardwired orgasmic beings. Yes, we, we truly are. And you know, you and I had one orgasmic week, uh, not together, <laughs> but when, when we were doing the Dr. Joe Dispenza oh my God. work, we were doing it was, this, uh, oh my God, best week. One I have, solid I mean, week of us felt. both absolutely being on, on the, the level. S- I feel like every we were, phone call was like, I'm living oh in God. the present. I'm fucking, there's I a am, world of possibility. We, we were vibrating so high and I was nicer than I've ever been. And I have to say it freaked Alex the fuck out and it freaked Sophie out. They were like, what is happening? It was because my natural state is reactive and stressed and not that I can't be fun or light or loving, but it's not my MO. It's not my natural state anymore. It's my straight is uh, my state is fight or flight and stress. Um, 99.9% of the time. And that one week I was like, we've got it. We found it. It's never going to leave. It's never going to change. And I really actually naively thought that we had arrived and we had figured out something and this was going to be the new normal. And then I I remember waking up one day and it was just like, it had kind of slipped away a little bit. And then the next day it kind of slipped away a little bit more. And then suddenly it was gone. That feeling was gone, but we've both accessed it, accessed it. And I, I've never gotten back to that true euphoric state because that's what it was it was euphoria <laughs> not the way that we had it that week you know it, it, it it's interesting this this is how significantly we are conditioned uh, I, um it makes me think of uh so i have to go to chicago for work this weekend and anna and i tacked on a couple extra days uh on the back end to have a vacation you know chicago is very important to me it's where you and i kind yes. of like both cut our teeth and yeah I really want to show it to her. She really wants to see it. And, and, and we're so excited. So there's this event on Saturday and then we basically have all of Sunday and all of Monday and we're flying back Tuesday. We're staying downtown. We got a hotel. We made a reservation at one of my favorite spots. I'm going to, you know, she's going to do, we're going to do the deep dish pizza. We're going to do the the hot Italian beefs, all the stuff. But, and we, we said to each other, like, I, I don't, because we always do, because we're always kind of like, you know, not that we're, we're always nickel and diming, but we're, we always think about money and we always think about should and shouldn't. And we always think about health, which yes, again, are all good things to take into consideration. But we had a conversation that was like, for those two days in Chicago, like I'm going to schedule some massages at the hotel spa. Yes. We're yes. like, we're going to go to the steakhouse and we're going to like go to town. And I'm like, I don't want to think about money or like or consequence or should or shouldn't or whatever i just want us to have a good ass time and she agreed but what's hilarious is like now i'm thinking about that and i'm scared of doing that Uh, scared from what it's going to cost or scared to just no just really lean into that i'm scared to do it yes i'm scared to lean into it and abandon what we perceive as being as responsibility Oh, well, let me just tell you, I can give you some advice on that. Oh, could you please? Alex and I, you know, we went to that Japanese spa in New York um, for my 40th and our 11th wedding anniversary, and it was $10,000. $10,000, which is insane for four days. Um, Holy shit, awesome. Yeah, 10 grand. uh, (laughs) Never done anything like that. I've never spent any kind of money like that on myself. And we also made the same pact when we went in there that... 
We are going to be wholly present. We are going to enjoy every fucking thing. We are going to whatever. It's just money and we will always make more. And by allowing ourselves, like we really did detach from all the things. And luckily we didn't have to see a bill until we checked out and like we're back on the plane. <laughs> they sent the receipt. But I, it was, I found my purpose there in that, you know, we were having all these treatments and, and t I love touch. So that is very healing to me. Sound is very healing to me. And we weren't doing anything. All we had to do was show up and be present and tune into our bodies. And I felt like I received self-love from myself, love from these healers, love from Alex. And I was like, why can't this be just as purposeful as, you know, uh, when I landed $15,000 book proposal. Like why, why isn't this and this time just as important for me? And you know, when we got back, I was like, oh fuck, you know, I put, I put it on the credit card, which I never do. And was like, I've got to pay off the other half of it and started to stress. And then I was like, you know what? That was one of the best weeks of my life that I've had. And for Alex too. And it is worth every single penny. And the fact that stress that with I don't know that there's always some level, some undercurrent of stress for me anyway, that always, always goes back to money. It's like a fundamental thing. It, it goes back like, cause I'm like, when we are really good and aren't thinking about it and clients are coming in and business is great. Like I'm, I'm pretty good. And I'm like, that's kind of bullshit that my joy and happiness and lack of stress is dependent upon the fake numbers that I'm seeing on a screen in my bank account. Like it's all fake. It's all just numbers. Well, and it's all about, it's all about what we're doing or not doing or what we have or don't have. And I, I, I that's absolutely right. And I, I, I think it's such a, what a great point that you made about like, why isn't the time that I spend a, a chunk of my money on something that nourishes me in that way. Why is that not considered as valuable as me like toiling away in my Ex office? Well, exactly. Like it's 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 so out of balance. And I, I mean I mean once again that that truly proves that it's very difficult to even receive love from yourself. Well it is and I this so this month in December, you know, um which is now coming to a close uh, by the time this airs. But, you know, I, I really stepped back and like, I'm not going to be a CEO this month. I'm just going to be me and I'm going to be, you know, writing and toiling around. And I have struggled so much with just like, so I'll get up like today. I got up, had this awesome new pajama set that my mom got me for my birthday that is so comfortable, <laughs> but also stylish. And I had a cup of coffee. Like, so, you know, we had our morning and I hadn't worked out or anything yet. And I had a cup of coffee and I used to be a huge Sex in the City fan. And um, this new series and just like that, like it's a reboot. It just came on. And I was like, I'm going to sit here at eight o'clock in the morning and drink a cup of coffee and watch this. And before I work out, before I edit or write or anything. And it was so unbelievably indulgent. And it, it I'm still struggling with like, oh, I can. I can do anything that I want during these days because that's what 
that was the point this month is to, to take it off and find out who I am when I'm not making money, like who I am when I'm not a business owner, when I'm not a CEO. And, but I, I find this guilt associated with just indulging myself and actually paying attention to what it is that I want to do or, or not do. And it's been very, very illuminating to see how truly addicted I am to doing, to working, to making shit happen, to checking in. And it's been such a good reconditioning and rewiring and the beauty of like just indulging in whatever the hell you want to do. Cause we feel differently day to day. And I was recently listening to a podcast with the late great um, Wayne Dyer, who is definitely one of my favorite spiritual teachers. And before he died, he he lived in Maui, but like every day, no matter what, I mean, the last part of his life, he spent most of it in meditation, quite honestly. Um, never had a computer, wrote everything by hand. My dream. I know, right? But every day, no matter what, for 90 minutes, he walked barefoot on the earth. And for him, sand, that's great. You have a beach. But that connection and that grounding to the earth. And I feel like so much, so many of us are so removed from nature. And I, I don't think there's any quicker way to find out your purpose and where you belong in the order of things than to get out in nature, whether it's on a hike, whether you're grounding in your backyard, whether, I mean, wherever it is, if water's your place, if just sitting out and staring at trees does it for you, it's spending time every single day marveling at the beauty of nature and how we are just a part of it. We're no better. We're no less. It is my favorite part of every day, actually. And it, it just brings me right back to what really matters, what's truly important and where I belong. And it's not fucking behind a computer and it's not, you know, on book tour. Um, not that those things aren't great or important, but it's not. Or something to aspire to. That's exactly, not. Exactly. That's not the that's essence not your point. of yeah. you as a human yeah. being. We are so miraculous and we like condense ourselves into these bullshit beliefs and we feed into the anger and the fear. Categorize, box oh ourselves in. Oh my God, and the scare in. tactics of what people want you to believe and how you want to live. And I think that there's just an intrinsic truth in all of us if we really like cut out all that bullshit and stop listening to the thousands and thousands and thousands of opinions and influences and everything that's coming at us these days that we were never wired to handle. We were never wired to handle this much information. And if you return to yourself and to the truth of you and nature and how amazing we all are and how incredible and easy and natural it is to love and to be loved and just constantly returning back to that every single day or every time you have a fucking negative thought or critical thought and can just take yourself back there, that should really be the practice, the only practice that we revere and hold on to. And everything else can just be a bonus as far as I'm concerned. Uh, no more, no less. No more, no less. I like I it. I love it. Uh, let us let us know what you think. Uh, if you think you are more or less, um, 
Email us at podcast at rightwayco.com. It's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y-C-O.com. Let us know what you thought about what we're talking about here today. And uh, we are encouraging all of you to hashtag pick love um, for 2022. Jesus, please. please. <laughs> we need it. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment, and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services, and sign up for our weekly newsletter, where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 